For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. You should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road Just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there All the smiling faces Gunning along the Scotswood Road To see the bleeding races We went to bleeding races Twas on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Bambras And she was heavy laden Away we went along Collinwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Oh, me lads Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. It's your Brighton recap, the podcast that you all have been waiting for. The podcast, the most anticipated podcast of the season, uh, the Brighton recap. We are going to talk about our brutal, disgusting, and horrific, that's my three words, 3-0 loss to Brighton and Hove Albion, the Seagulls of Brighton. Um, but... Can't do that alone, because that would be the most depressing thing that you've ever heard. Uh, so to join me to make this a little bit better, uh, is, 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 it's the best damn co-host in the land, ladies and gentlemen. It's your one, your only, Elijah Newsom. How are you? Uh, for the record, this I is going to still, it's still going to be depressing. Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely, actually, definitely gosh, I mean, depressing. I think we'll try to we'll try to offer some different perspectives than just like, I think a lot of Newcastle podcasts are going to take the oh, this match was shite, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to try to do a Jordy accent and just yell about how bad the team looked. But I think this 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 podcast, I don't think we need to focus on how bad the team looked, but I do think it's important we get into why the team looks so bad. And so I think that's why we're going to like partially focus on, focus on in this podcast. And I'm excited to talk the nitty gritty with the people. If you want to follow me on Twitter and follow all my – depressing uh sports teams alongside me it's a lot at elijah underscore newsome i think i went one for like eight this weekend or something like that i think the braves won today so shout out to them everyone else lost newcastle lost Atlanta united lost the falcons lost syracuse lost and it surprisingly each loss was more and more painful like it actually they literally like they got it was a sliding scale like the Atlanta united loss actually was the least painful one because i didn't even watch it because i didn't want to give myself like i didn't want to do that but yeah, um, just rough weekend for me. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. Follow the podcast account at CHN Podcast. If you're yeah. new here because you just follow the account, welcome to the welcome to the CHN Podcast fam. Um, listen to our stuff; it's a lot of fun. And follow the main account at Coming Home in UFC and check out the main site ComingHomeNewcastle.com. Merz has already got his player ratings up, and our Ooh. boy Elliot's writing a match recap that should be up by the time Ooh. this podcast comes out and i believe our boy zach pensack from the false nines is also going to be doing a little quick thoughts that he's going to be publishing out um as well sometime early this week so check out the site uh, and of course you got me and brian doing the daily news grind so if there's any news that pops up one of us will probably grab it and give our takes on it and greg of course check out his top 20 prospects in newcastle united piece that came out after our last pod, I think. Yeah, it did. So yeah. check it out. It is actually so cool because I don't think anyone ever has done this. 
And um, Greg was texting me. It's you might see it in the Chronicle soon. We'll just leave it at that. I would mean, be a good idea. I mean, it's a great idea, and they they've got a cheat sheet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's pretty great because one of the people on my list uh, might be going on loan soon. So we'll see. But we'll get to that in the in the weekly pod. For now, let's get to Brighton. Um, so we always start with three words. And I have to say, the people have come through on this one. Now, we can, <laughs> we're not going to read all 130. Uh, it's over 140. We have over 143 words. Um, so... We're gonna have to pick some. <laughs> oh, let's just let's just each one of us just like like we just go back and forth. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. We'll just go back and forth for a few minutes and then not for a few minutes, maybe like a minute. Not I don't even know how long we should go, but we'll just see. Yeah, just we'll we'll just find the good ones that we It's kinda crazy. Some of the regulars are buried deep down in here. It's like, oh man, I gotta search to find some of the homies. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll just go through the good ones. Um, you want to start, Elijah? Yeah, um, we'll start with a, a, a friend of ours uh, at Smith Culture, Don, Dad of the Year. He says, back to reality. Yeah. Uh, Phil at Flood1210, hopeless, clueless, gutless. Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry. Well, that sucked. <laughs> Fantrax Logan at Fantrax or Fantra XL. Uh, Alan St. Minimum. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is. Um, this is just a bug, and it says at Antuni eighty six. Oh, maybe his name's Anthony. He just says fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically three um, words. Love that. Um, yeah. Toon Army Calgary at Toon Army, Army Army Calgary says Morkum to win. <laughs> uh, already already calling our next match. <laughs> um i've got here's one from uh real andrew young at uh what is this i, I gotta at temperamental and i will give it one word pathetic in that he actually gave it more than three <laughs> words so we're gonna have yeah. to we're gonna have to penalize him for that yeah uh paul anderson at paul and two eight two five three nine seven four didn't look interested <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, okay. There's so many, there's actually so many. Uh, Trev Routledge says LaSalle's is wank. What, what did you say? LaSalle's is wank. Oh, yes. Uh, Trevor Moody at Trevor Moody 12. Brucey's still shite. <laughs> oh, good. Glad, glad that that's something that uh, doesn't change. And I'll, I'll end with this one. Uh, for me, Cameron Finley at Logan 14, Cameron Bruce the Cabbage. I think that's yes, pretty that's good. A lot uh, of Bruce gifts. That yeah, were sent to me. I was going to mention. Uh, there's a lot of Bruce, like fire Bruce, three words. There's a lot of just typical Bruce performances. One, the last one I'll leave off. It's a really funny one for me. Um, from oh, I can't. I'm not sure. It's uh, Niam H H Kendall. Sorry if I incorrectly pronounced that, but uh, you follow them at. It's okay. They don't Hermes. listen. But. Permis 697. They said, I only need one. Shameful. If you insist on three, very fucking shameful. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, that, that match sucked. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one that was really bad. That, there was a lot of consistent themes of absolute shit, uh, dog shit performance, fire 
Steve Bruce out. Um, there was a lot of those similarities, which that really does describe how this match went. And we'll get into it now. Uh, we'll move on to the lineups because I want Elijah to go on a ramp here. So I'm going to read the lineups, tell you who was on the bench, uh, and then Elijah is going to take it away. So we had starting for Newcastle, we had Carl Rodallo, Manquillo, Lascelles, Fernandez, and Jamal Lewis. Hendrick, Hayden, Shelby, and St. Maximin in the midfield, and Carroll and Wilson up top. On this, the subs, you had uh, Gillespie, Kieran Clark, Kraft, Richie, Fraser, Almiron, and Joe Linton. Elijah, take it out. Okay. Um, so I, I wrote a, a preview for this because um, it's, it's my role uh, on the site to do such such things. And because of this, I – went back and I, I mean, I'd already watched, but I went back and watched some more of the Chelsea Brighton match did my research. And one thing was abundantly clear, uh, Brighton, um, the way they like to play. And we saw this is they kind of like to play possession base. They build from the back. And one thing is like that, that really just does not work against Brighton, um, is the long ball. I did a dramatic pause there for, so, you know, so people could, 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 uh, could, could show me a little bit of respect, you know, keep them on their toes. And um, it's partially because they have a back line of trees. Uh, they've got a six foot one guy, a six foot two guy, a six foot four guy who is their back three. Um, they're just really great at dealing with long balls. They shut down Timo Werner, who I'm just going to go on a limb and say Timo Werner's probably a better striker than Andy Carroll. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, and I said, hey, in order for Newcastle to win, they should probably try to press because when Chelsea pressed, that led to all three of their goals. Um, and they should probably not start Andy Carroll and not try to play the long ball. It's like if you go 4-4-2, try to do a 4-4-1-1 so Almiron's behind Wilson or just go 4-2-3-1. Anything but 4-4-2 with Andy Carroll and Colin Wilson. And lo and behold, Steve Bruce does exactly the opposite of what I say. He goes with Andy Carroll and Colin Wilson up top, and it makes zero sense. And I want to point out, like, what I said was not a hot take. Like, literally not at all. Um, anyone who was, like, anyone who – I wouldn't say a serious fan, but anyone who, like, had to do the work and scout ahead for Brighton told you the same thing. Our friend Hoey, the stats, said the same thing. Kev Lawson said the same thing. Scout and UFC said the same thing. Hell, there was even an article written about – like why the long ball doesn't work against Brighton by the athletic and, and just like that said, basically like teams, if they want to be Brighton, like don't play a long ball because Brighton can deal with it. And so to see that lineup and then see so many people like celebrating the lineup, especially after the week Miguel Amaron had, and obviously I'm a Miguel Amaron, like I'm biased, but he's literally been our best player uh, since the season started um, by pretty much every metric. I mean, I guess Jeff Hendrick kind of hasn't beat, in certain metrics, I guess he has a goal and assist. Um, I just thought it's kind of crucial to, to start him. And I felt a lot of fans felt the same way, but people were generally pleased with this lineup. And I even saw journalists who were, who were pleased with this lineup. And I felt like that's the most concerning to me because as a journalist, like your job is to kind of, I mean, and I, I don't know, like I'm not saying every journalist should be a tactician, but like you should be able to like, at least have a basic knowledge of like the, the, the opposition and know that like, Hey, last week on national TV, international TV, it was the only game during that slot, Brighton and Chelsea. Chelsea tried the long ball and it didn't work. And I don't know why Newcastle would try the long ball and think that it would work. And to make matters worse, when they when things opened up, 
Andy Carroll wasn't even playing as a target man. He was like playing like almost as a pseudo number 10. So it was just a complete mess from the beginning. And even before the match started, you can go back and check the receipts. I said, this was going to be a terrible match. I said, we were going to probably lose because you're literally playing into the other team's strengths. Like that is, that's like not how managing a team works at all. I don't, I don't understand what Steve Bruce is doing there. Yeah. Uh, very well said. Very great rant. Uh, and it really describes like it, it's, it's simple things like that. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I've never been a, uh, like a fan of, Oh, it worked before. So it'll work, work again. Eventually it's not going to work. And you're just going to, you can't just sit there and take the punishment for it. Uh, you have to, you have to always adjust to your opponent. I feel, and uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, your, your team, your side shouldn't be, so one-sided that you can't adjust uh, because then you're, you're not good at that point. That's the difference between being good and not is you're mm. simply not a good team. And that may be the case here, but uh, if the manager's not going to try it, then maybe the manager's not good. And we've said yeah, this for and, a while. And I think, I can't remember. I, it could have been Christian Hennage. It could have been a journalist. It could have been a random fan. It basically brought up a point that was like Newcastle on paper. It might, it might've been George Culkin. Someone said this, but on paper, this team is good, but like, the team will never reach its true potential or it'll never be as good as it possibly can if you don't have a manager who, like, is able to employ tactics. Like, that's yeah. that's the biggest issue at Newcastle is that, like, yes, on paper, this team looks safe. It's, it's literally something Greg and I have said. Like, when we both did our predictions, we both did our season preview after – pretty much after we knew Callum Wilson and Ryan Frey. They might have been done by then. And we still both picked us to finish near the bottom of the table because at the end of the day, Steve Bruce is still the manager. And yep. regardless of how good or how talented the team is, like if you set up the team wrong, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You already are at a disadvantage. And yep. it was proven in this match 100%. The team was set up wrong from the start. And, and they was, never, never got back into the match. And it was admitted, and we'll get to this in quotes, it was admitted by Bruce. Like Bruce said something where I'm just like, this is – like this would be like if a coach and it's different culturally between uh, sports in America and in England, how it's done. But Steve Bruce said something where I was like, like a coach would like that would, you would get fired for saying stuff like this. Like you're just admitting like, yeah, I'm not good enough. <laughs> like and yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Get, there was a, a couple teaser. quotes he, he, yeah. he gave that were just like, you would it's, get fired for this. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to kickoff. Um, yeah. So it was a four, four, two. It was Wilson and Carroll up top, St. Maximin on the left, Hendrick on the right. Shelby and Hayden were in the midfield. And right after kickoff, it was a penalty to Bright. And it was bad. Um, St. Maximin takes both the ball and the player <laughs> from behind. Goes the play, player. Uh, who, who was it? it, was, it was it Lamptey? Yeah, it was Lamptey. Freak uh, Lamptey. Uh, yep. Yeah, and he went down. Penalty. And easy goal. Elijah, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a it's a stalwart penalty. I mean, like, it's 100% a pen. Um, uh, even, like, the bias Newcastle accounts were like, it's a pen. Um, Alante Maxman completely caught an island. Uh, and I think, again, as someone who did the bare minimum and just watched, not even, like, I watched the game, and I would, like, half-assed watch the game. But, you know, I maybe read a couple articles just seeing, like, oh, what are other people thinking? And the common the, – the, the biggest consensus from everywhere 
is, hey, there's really one good player on Brighton. Like, everyone else is solid, but there's one player that's been in form for 10 matches in a row. His name's Tariq Lamptey. You should probably try to shut him down. Like, that. that's, like, literally everyone's – it was so – it was actually that bad that I chose a different player to watch out for in my preview. And, by the way, um, until he got sent off, Basuma absolutely bossed the midfield and destroyed Newcastle as well in every regard. But uh, Tariq Lamptey, again, was was – he was literally the center of attention uh, this whole match, and this kind of started things off. I mean, once he knew that ASM was not going to be able to defend against him, and Jamal Lewis, as, as good of a left back as he is, he still, as he, he said it himself, he still tends to rely on his speed uh, to, to defend. And when you're going up against a person who is as fast or faster than you, speed is not going to be a way to defend. And Tariq Lamptey easily gets past Jamal Lewis, Allen Maxim is chasing him into the box and makes a terrible tackle because Allen Maxim doesn't know how to defend. And you go Penn. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. why even start Allen Maxman on that side? Like you, I don't know. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yep. it's Steve Bruce. Uh, it, it was uh, Neil Maupay uh, who took the penalty and he scored shortly thereafter as well. Uh, he was Mape was offside when this initial ball was played on the second goal, and uh, and the ball was played to Lamptey down to Trossard on the right, and then uh, Mape gets behind Trossard on the cross and he flicked it past, um, and it was two nothing. And this is literally five minutes in that play. It was embarrassing to watch. It was literally five minutes. I think I tweeted this as well. I was like Newcastle have to now come back. This was before. They have to come back down from one nothing yeah. without even having first gotten into the match. Like, they have to, like <laughs> – and then this was just insult to injury and, and never improved from there. Um, I mean, I'm sure you go through match events, but it was – it was. I mean, there's a lot of events that happened. Chance after chance for Brighton. Mm-hmm. Like, they absolutely dominated. And Tariq Lamptey ran rampant all over everyone. I mean – just like on anyone who was on that left-hand side for Newcastle, Tariq Lamptey absolutely bossed up. And there was like no – there was no like – it seemed like there was no plan to like try to contain this player. Like certain teams – like I remember in the restart, you would see how different teams would, would try to eliminate certain players. You even saw it last week. Like West Ham tried to take Allenton Maxman out of the game. They fouled him literally every single time he had the ball, and it, it worked. It, it literally worked. Like, Alan St. Maxman, he had one really good run, but he wasn't, like, as dangerous as he normally is on the ball because, I mean, he never really got a chance to be on the ball. So there's ways – There's that, that's a thing that teams do that, with managers. That managers say, okay, we want to take this player out of the game. He's probably their most dangerous player. Let's make sure he's not there. I remember earlier in the restart, one team pretty much man-marked John Joe Shelby out of the game, um, and it resulted in, like, a draw for Newcastle. And Steve Bruce – the tactician, the tactical mastermind, Steve Bruce, didn't think to do that at all, actually. He actually was like, oh, you guys have Tariq Lamptey. He's a nice young English prospect. Let's just let him do whatever he wants. He's their best player. We'll let him do whatever he wants. It's fine. We'll figure it out later. Um, yeah, and and shortly after this goal, it, it could have easily been three. Um, Shelby had a free kick into Brighton's box, and it was clear to Lewis, and his header was, was bad. And it was Flick to Lamptey, who runs through on goal, and he took a heavy touch and then fouled Mankiho. But that could have been uh, a little bit more clinical, and it could have been down 3 nothing within 15 minutes easily. Bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. 
And um, of course, three clamp you again. Uh, yep. Wow, go figure. Best player <laughs> does something good. Crazy. You have this. I mean, and Elijah was tweeting this stuff before the match was started. Like he and and he wrote in his preview. Um, and it's almost like he did the most work to prepare for this match than the current. No, I I can't even take credit. Hawaii, this like Chris Lavelle. Like, and uh, uh, we don't really pub other sites on this, but I mean, I would definitely check out his preview. Like, he had it down to a T. He's like, yeah a genius i read his like after i did mine i was like oh i want to see what chris said that was one i felt i felt really good about myself that we both saw the same thing out of the chelsea yeah. match i was like oh yeah this andy carroll's not gonna work here <laughs> um but i mean he has done he's like he actually should get hired by the club because he's spot on every week in terms of like what the other team's weaknesses are and he has nowhere near the access to film that newcastle does in theory and he i don't know I just I can't I can't even talk about preparation right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Twenty minutes in, uh, we settled in a little bit, but we just can't create anything. Um, Carol was non-existent, and Brighton had a little bit more position than us, but the, it, it just felt way worse, way more dominant for them. And then uh, there was a little switch in the formation: Hendrick and Saint Maximin switched sides. Um. Bruce was in discussions on the sideline about it and then decided that they were going to switch sides. Uh, but it didn't help at all because Lamptey was absolutely destroying us even after that. Um, and then Shelby was probably like the player working the most in, until it, like halfway, the half hour mark. It was just like Shelby was trying everything he could to get people involved and nobody was doing anything. And then the, the first substitution happened 33 minutes in. St. Maximin came out for Ryan Fraser. Uh, he didn't look good at all for the entire 33 minutes that he was on the pitch. Um, and Fraser came in on a right wing. Elijah, just a quick thought on St. Minimum's performance today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he definitely deserved all the slander he got. Um, I think there were a bit of concerns uh, about how healthy he was um, just coming into this, even before uh, he he um, he – at his, I mean, that was two minutes in, but even before he gave away the pin, he didn't seem like as quick or as, uh, uh, you know, he didn't seem his normal self. Um, but after the pin was given away, I think Graham Bell actually said it less. It, he pretty much gave up. Like he couldn't be ours to do anything after that. Um, and it was, it was bad. I mean, like he was, and you could tell, and he also turned his ankle probably about the 10-minute mark. Um, but you could also tell like whatever happened, he was limping and it, it affected him. Like he couldn't. He couldn't dribble. I saw him dribble the ball into someone. I've never seen that happen, like, on purpose. Uh, well, on accident. I have seen him try to do it on purpose a couple times. But I've never seen him, like, just give the ball away the way he did. And, I mean, it, it was a, an early sub, but it was the correct sub. Um, it had to be made. It was, yeah. it was an interesting – I mean, I don't know. He should have started in the first place, if you're being honest. But – Again, that's that's a Bruce thing. I don't know. Like you have depth this season. Uh, if Alan St. Maximin picks up a knock and you don't know if he's going to be good to go, you literally have a guy you bought to replace him when things like this happen. You not yeah. only have one player who can play that winger. It, say you want to go four four two. You have three players who can fill out that left wing spot. Like it's not really a huge deal. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's it's Steve Bruce. I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it is funny with Fraser coming on. I mean, we got our first shot on goal by Shelby in the 40th minute. And then uh, it, in, into extra time of the first half, 
Steve Bruce switched Ryan Fraser and Hendrick. So Hendrick came back to the position he was starting. Like he was like, that's your adjustment. It's just like, oh, why don't, why don't you go back? Like, let's flip you, flip you, switch it back. Like, like you're not doing anything. Uh, but it was halftime, 2 nothing. Brighton. Uh, they, Newcastle are awful. They were awful. Brighton thoroughly deserved the lead that they had. Um, our only shot was blocked, and we had 40% possession in the first half. So uh, there was no plan. Nothing was working, and Carroll, easily the worst player. Well, outside – well, sorry, St. Maximin and then Carroll. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think the frustrating thing about, about Carroll – was and someone put this was like if you're gonna put him out there like it's like I don't know how you want to use Carroll um but and I don't think Steve and and Carroll didn't know how he wanted to be used like like he was out there and just told like hey Andy get out there do a good job and there was no tactical instructions it seemed because what was ending up happening is like okay say you want to start Carroll and Wilson and you want to play the long ball like you should be playing the long balls to Andy Carroll Instead, what was happening was Andy Carroll was dropping deep into the midfield to collect the ball and losing the ball quite often. There was actually a moment where he tried to turn and he just fell and lost yeah. the ball. He was on the wing. Like, I don't, I don't even know why he was out there. And Calvin Wilson was the one who they were getting balls knocked up to. In the second half, to start the second half, there was a moment. This is not the start of the second. This happened. But the, there was a moment where you have Andy Carroll, you have Calvin Wilson, um, and <laughs> – Actually, Carroll might have been subbed off at this point, but Newcastle were still going with the long ball for some reason. And someone played a long ball to Ryan Frazier while he was being marked by a 6'7 center back. Yeah. I, I just I, – like you've lost the plot at this point. Like I don't even – I don't understand what the, what the aim is here. Um, if you're trying to play the long ball, why are you playing it to a 5'4 individual? This is – you expect him to challenge a guy who's literally a foot and a half taller than him it, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But, I mean, I think Andy Carroll by far was one of the worst players. Um, and, and part of it wasn't his fault. I mean, he was being used incorrectly. He shouldn't have never – he was put in a position. It's the same thing with Joe Linton last year, except for this this year could have been prevented. He yeah, was being yeah. put in a position where he, like, there was no way for him to succeed. The odds were stacked against him completely. Like, did – the way to look good against Brighton was never going to be playing long balls up to him. And Steve Bruce didn't even tell him to be there for long balls. They didn't tell him to play up a target, man. He just told Andy to do whatever he wanted and Andy did whatever he wanted. So <laughs> I don't know, man, this Bruce character is something. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll get into the second half after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, second half started and it was Carroll that was immediately affected. Uh, He was taken off, Amran came on and then the second half went underway. So we like already starting the second half, you've used two subs like... (laughs) Uh, which is very unlike Bruce because usually the first one is until like the 82nd minute. But you had um, to. That was the yeah. thing. Like, oh, you no, yeah. had to because 100%. both players were so bad that they had to be subbed off. Yeah. Like you literally were like you were going to just like, I don't know. Like I, you had to. I, I have no idea how to even – you just had to. That's yep. it. That, that's the take. Um, so Amron coming on and, and Newcastle already looked more balanced by this. Um, the formation has like – 
the formation changed, and they haven't done anything with it, but like things were changing, and then Almiron created a uh, half type of chance, which was the best chance for Newcastle at the time, but uh, it was a, a, Almiron centered a low ball, and Shelby, Shelby tried to connect, but it sliced it pretty far wide. And then Almiron was put onto the left, and just the pace that uh, he provided on the left really provided a lot of cover for any Lamptey attacks because we know Almiron will cover defensively as well. Uh, but we immediately picked things up um, in the beginning part of the second half. Newcastle had 63% possession. Um, so really we're the better team in the opening. Um, but uh, an hour passed, 60 minutes, and Newcastle improved, but still 2 nothing lead. Things weren't going, and then we had our first like big chance of the match. It was Razor's first of the game, and uh, it should have been a goal. Uh, it was Lewis played it down the left to Amaran, who curled a lovely ball into the area, and Wilson unmarked in the box, heads over from a. Um, I said Fraser, but I meant Wilson. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was confused. I was like, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't think Fraser. <laughs> we didn't play any. Kyle Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, uh, was completely un- unmarked, and he had the ball uh, a few yards out, wide open. I mean, should have easily been a goal, and it wasn't. Thoughts on that play? I mean, uh, it should have been a goal. I know Wilson's probably <laughs> yeah. mad at himself. Thought I mean, it should have been a goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, but it, you also go back to the same thing. It's 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 Newcastle of, of, of last season where you get mad at Joel Linton for, you know, missing in front of net, but when he has – one shot, like he, he got three chances created and he's got one shot. Like, I, I mean, I don't know, like most strikers get two, three, four chances to score and Wilson fell victim to the same issues that Joe Linton did and the same issues that Salman Ronda and Isaac Perez did early on uh, the season before where it's like, yeah, you can get mad at the attackers for missing chances, but we have to create chances, enough chances for them to actually have an opportunity to convert so I mean, I mean that that's kind of all you can really say about that. It's uh, it's a bit unfortunate, um, but hopefully things things improve. I don't know. Yeah, uh, things didn't improve. Jolinton came on, um, and it was Shelby came off. Jolinton came on, and then we went to a four-two-three-one, uh, where Jolinton was on the left, Hendrick and Hayden were sitting, and Alvaron was the ten. Fraser was on the left. Oh, sorry, Fraser was on the right, Jolinton on the left. Um, and Newcastle still, even with the formation change, did just didn't even look like they were even going to score. There was eight minutes left, and aside from Wilson's header, like that was nothing. That was the only threat that Newcastle truly had in the match. And then shortly after that substitution, Brighton made it three, uh, and it's this is where it became embarrassing when they scored this one. Uh, it was bad. It was really bad, and this at this point, it's embarrassing. It was Connolly. It was unmarked on the left-hand side. He cuts it to the right, uh, curled the ball into the bottom right-hand corner. Shelby just didn't even have any interest in trying to defend it, uh, just proving Newcastle are thoroughly overmatched and outplayed Elijah. What's your thoughts there? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you said Shelby, but I think it was LaSalle's, actually. It might have been LaSalle's who was – What? Uh, yeah, sorry. It – I've been there. It's been a, a weekend for me. It was Greg's doing home the improvement, so he's uh, <laughs> he's he's out of it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Pete, uh, yeah, LaSalle's. it was just 
it was, it, was, <laughs> it was the streaks of the defeated. Uh, that was what it was. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah, for my Atlanta United Newcastle fans, streaks of the defeated. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was bad. I don't I don't know. I mean, it was a cool goal by them, I guess. Like, sick, sick, bro. Um, yeah, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, then we got a red card. Um, Pesoma's. It was Basoma, is that correct? Basuma? Yeah. Um, it was – oh, he, like, scorpion kicked Lewis, Jamal Lewis in the face. Scorpion. Drew blood. Like, yeah. Lewis didn't come back. Like, very bad. Um, he, he was booked for it initially, but then it went to VAR, uh, and it was pretty quick check to that to realize that's red. Sent him off. Uh, Jamal Lewis didn't come back into the match. He was bleeding. And uh, so it was just 10 on 10 the rest of the way. And guess what? That's how it ended. Um, the scoreline actually makes Newcastle look better because it should have been worse than 3-0. Uh, we were outplayed completely. So outside of that Wilson chance we mentioned earlier, Newcastle never threatened against Brighton at home. I know, I know you can easily assume that we would have performed better had there been a home crowd, but uh, with there not being one. I think no, this is an abysmal no, performance. No, way, no, and Newcastle no. really suck. Elijah, what, what you got? We would not have performed better if there was a crowd at home because we literally started off playing into the other team's strengths. Like I cannot stress this enough. The team was set up to fail from the beginning. Like I don't. It's I don't know. I don't. Oh, I there, feel there's like, a quote about that. I can't wait to get into it. I I just I don't understand. I like the common man does. 10 minutes of research and can tell you that you don't play a 4-4-2 and try to hoof the ball forward against Brighton. It hasn't worked when we played him in the past. It, I don't know why you think it worked now. Steve Bruce has played Brighton twice. He hasn't won either time, and he's done the same thing. I don't know why you think it worked this time. I don't know why our fans thought that, like, just because our team looked good last week, we have better players, that playing a long ball style is still going to be something that's going to work. It didn't. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like Bruce out. Like, get on the train right now. Like, uh, he had his chance. I mean, he did fine. But when you cannot do things like prepare for your opponent, which is something that Steve Bruce has not been able to do since he's gotten to Newcastle, it is literally time to try anyone else. Like, yeah. literally anyone else. Um, because it, it, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing to have to rely on luck to win or draw even the west match. west ham match because people are like oh like people could easily be like oh but you weren't saying that against west ham look we we actually criticized steve bruce about his selection in west ham and i, I still yeah. to this day wouldn't have like ran out newcastle in a 4-4-2 against west ham you know things worked out in our favor but uh this is i guarantee you if we could pick what what will our results more likely be if we keep playing this way 3-0 loss to brighton or 2-0 win to west ham it's going to be Brighton. That's what we're going to see more of. So, yeah. We were West Ham today. That's what we were. I mean, not even. No. We were worse than West Ham because West Ham, well, yeah. West Ham hit the West Ham hit the bar twice. Like people yeah. forget. That game could have been 2-2 two, two easily. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, so, I mean, West it was a fine performance and by the way, for us to beat West Ham 2 nothing, it took Andy Carroll playing the best match he's played at Newcastle since we've signed him again. Like, that's what that took to get us to that point. Like, think about that. Like, literally, it took a player who 
has zero goals and over 20 appearances to play the best he's ever played for us, not ever, but like since he's re-signed with us, for for that formation to be like justified and like even rolling it out. Yeah. And even then, that results in one goal. Like yeah. him, Andy Carroll being off the pitch led to, to led to the second goal. Yeah. I don't know. All right, man. We're going to take another break. We'll get into quotes, stats, and worst players, and uh, then we'll close out. So we're going to take a break right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, I got some quotes. Uh, Quotes for you is... The one I've been alluding to this entire podcast was, it was over before we kicked a ball, basically. (laughs) So when your manager is saying that, so like, I mean, that's, you're essentially saying that you're defeated before the match starts, right? That's what he's saying. So like nothing you can do during the match to make adjustments, nothing you can do at halftime to change it. Like he's saying, looked at the match, said, yeah, it was over before we kicked a ball. That's terrible. I do not want a manager ever saying that. That just shows you're completely unprepared and incapable, just not capable of getting Newcastle into a better situation. And that is a huge red flag for me. That's the quote I've been alluding to. I thought it was – I can't believe that a manager actually says that. And especially him saying, like, oh, I've had over a 1,000 fixtures in my career. Well, I think a manager with over a 1,000 fixtures wouldn't have that as a response after this match. I mean, yeah, and and like to say that you were defeated before the match even began, after your team has come off two wins in a row, literally only means that no, it's not fitness, because nearly everyone's fit. It's not confidence, because your team's pretty confident at this point. You're sitting in sixth, going in, be able to potentially win the first to- two opening matches for the first time since like the '98 season. So literally the only reason that they would they would be defeated before they even got here is because you set up the team wrong. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I it looks the crazy thing is that that his press conference got worse after that. I yeah. He uh, said it was a really difficult afternoon for us. We gave ourselves a mountain to climb. We've gifted them the first two goals. When you start like that, it'll be a difficult afternoon. Uh, we changed the formation at halftime. It helped us slightly, but we, we couldn't recover from an awful 10 minutes. We never gave ourselves a chance. We've gone from having a decent week where everyone is positive to throwing in a hand grenade. Yeah. You got any quotes? Yeah, I'm about to pull up now because I, I'm – okay. On starting, Andy Carroll had an arm run. Steve Bruce says this, with the benefit of hindsight, but when you are 2-0 down after seven minutes, it it would have been unfair not to start Andy after last week. Greg, I I don't know. You watched last week. Do you think it would be unfair not to start Andy Carroll after last week? I mean, let's look at the Andy Carroll stat line for for last week. Um, Zero goals. Zero assists. Zero key passes. Yeah. Is it unfair to to like, I don't know. Yeah, it it was uh, also, it's like, are like, is this youth soccer or youth football? Like, like, do we need to keep things fair and everyone has to play the same amount of minutes in the season? No, this is a Premier League, Steve Bruce. 
Like, you're supposed to play the best team to get you to beat the team you're playing against. That's how you get paid. That's how the club survives relegation. Like, you don't, it's not fairness. Like, we don't play fairness. <laughs> like, that's not part of the game. Like, play the best player. Stop messing around. With it. Like, this is bullshit. That, that's your excuse. It's bullshit, and it's unacceptable. I just – I don't understand because it's, like, it's unfair to Andy, but, like, how is that fair to Miguel Amaron? How is that fair to Ryan Fraser? Both who had more of an impact over the past week than Andy Carroll. I mean – It would have been fair to start Jolinton because he spent 40 mil on him. Like, yeah. what's that – like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, Jolinton – Jolinton – arguably, Jolinton had – I think Jolinton had a key pass last week. So, technically, Jolinton had a better match than Andy Carroll. Yeah. Andy Carroll didn't have a shot on target last week. I, we, I don't understand. Like, me and Andy Carroll have the same amount of shots. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I just don't understand how you – I don't know. A, a player gets two assists and creates multiple chances and is, is on the bench, and it surprises everyone, not even just like – not even like, like, like Newcastle fans, but like fans of other teams are like, huh, why isn't Almiron starting? Like that, that seems like that's an issue. And to, to justify it by saying it's unfair to a striker who didn't score – like you say that line when when you know your striker comes off of, of off of you know a hat trick or you're you're Michael Antonio or Mikel Antonio or whatever and like you're managing West Ham and you're like oh it's unfair to start him yeah because he had eight goals in nine matches yeah that makes sense like of course but when your when your striker doesn't do anything that's that's worth uh, that's worth like not benching him then uh, uh, like Greg said you play your best team. You play the team that gives you the best chance to win, and you play your best players. And if you think that Andy Carroll is one of our best attackers, I mean, I can I got a beach house in Idaho. I can sell you. I mean, I, I don't know, dude. That's 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 something. Uh, Wait, I, I think all, that's no, probably one of the worst Steve Bruce quotes I've ever heard, like ever. Is it what what lake is the beach house on? It's it, wow. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> stats. Ryan Fraser became the 244th player to represent Newcastle in the Premier League. That's congrats to him. Um, and we haven't conceded two goals within the first seven minutes in every ma- of any match since we played against Spurs in February of 2012. We lost 5-0 in that one. Um, that's my stats. Do you have any stats? Oh, yeah. Newcastle had zero shots on target and five key passes for the entire match. I... <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, that's just that. That's it. That's it. Um, (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Great. So going to expected goals, uh, Brighton had 1.8, Newcastle had 0.5. Elijah, I think this is going to be an easy one for you. Who led Newcastle United in expected goals? Oh, Callum Wilson. I I think wide open in front of the, uh, the goal. I think that, uh, he had 0.42 of our 0.55 expected goals just on that yep. one chance. Um, who had the most expected assist? Uh, Miguel Almiron. Yep, the person who passed it to Callum Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> so Miguel Almiron very argued, like very feasibly should have three assists in three matches. So just something yep. to, to mention. Um, yeah. But it wouldn't be fair to start him. Okay, going to other stats. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Brighton had 78% of the chances. They had more expected goals, more shots, more shots on target, 6-0. to zero. Uh, And then they had 2.51 expected points to our 0.3. So got the result there, what they look for. And then 538, they tell us uh, where the where the season's going to end. And this result plunged Newcastle in the analytics field. They have Newcastle getting relegated at 40 points. So 40 is not safe zone, according to 538. They said Newcastle will finish in the 18th place and be relegated along with West Brom and Fulham. They say us and Leeds will have 40 points and we will get relegated on goal difference. 28% chance to get relegated for Newcastle right now. Uh, still 1% chance to qualify for Champions League, though. Yep. That happened. And we're still in it in the Premier League also after week two. <laughs> and, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. At what point does Mike Ashley fire Steve Bruce? Uh, it, it would get, it would have to be in, it would be in November or December, like before the transfer window, if we're in a bottom three spot, that would happen. And then we'd hire some Sam Allardyce or somebody. That's, that's the thing though, is like, it's, it's like writing on the wall, right? Like if you can nip the problem in the butt, because like the writing's on the wall in terms of just like, just a total lack of preparation. And like Steve Bruce could get saved by just, saying let's roll out a four two three one every week and and let's try to press and win the ball back and like that will be enough but it's like pretty much for any team it's like yeah we'll get hammered by Tottenham we'll get hammered by Man City and Liverpool but at least we'll take it to you know that's kind of what like teams have done in the past to try to stay up like <laughs> like Southampton they've stuck with their identity they'll sit back against sometimes but they'll they'll have a go and all that kind of stuff and Newcastle Town alone, if they did that, they would be fine. But Steve yeah. Bruce is, like, trying to discover new ways to just not manage the team effectively. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, and there's no fans at the matches to even, like, force a Bruce out thing. Like, I don't know. I just feel bad for for Colin Wilson and Ryan Fraser and Jamal Lewis, who, like, they saw Newcastle, uh, you know, do- not dominate, but have good performances against their their respective teams and see the excitement and little do they know that like literally the only reason that those happened was because Steve Bruce was just like, Hey guys, do whatever you want. Like there was no, there was no preparation involved. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, going to, um, worst player, worst player. Cause we're not doing best there. It's not worth it. Um, Oh, but I do always say players that have a seven or above on who scored, that total is zero for Newcastle. Oh, uh, the highest-rated player for Newcastle was Miguel Amaron, who only played half the game, and he had a 6.6. So yeah. uh, he was definitely on pace for a seven and above, but only played 45 minutes. I mean, yeah, if we want to go best player for that. If you want to go best player for this match, I, I mean, it has to be Miguel Amaron, but, I mean, again – like yeah. too little I mean, too late. You mentioned the five key passes. Miguel had three of them. So, um, oh, the worst player. It's actually quite tough. I I think, like you, like you can go a lot of directions here. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll do mine first. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Alan Tame accident. Okay, for me, like uh, I don't I don't believe there was an injury there. I think it was just a lack of interest and a terrible performance. That's all I have to say. 
you're up. Um, someone brought up like, is this a, uh, is this a, a Kennedy? And I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's a Kennedy because like, I mean, and like, like, I haven't been too impressed with it. I mean, I think last week he was fine. I, I think like the game plan was to remove from the match. I still think he was coming to this like a little bit injured. And I think when you go down that early and it's your fault, like he completely checked out mentally at that point, because it's like, you're pretty much useless on the, on the pitch at that point. I mean, I just know like that, that's just what I'm thinking from like a sports psychology perspective. I'm not a sports psychologist, but I've had the opportunity to study a little bit of it. So that's been fun for me. I'm going to go Andy Carroll. I, I don't really know what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but whatever he was doing was not working. Uh, he shouldn't have started in the first place. Um, literally start anyone else in, in a different formation. Like start Matt Ritchie and you have a better, you have a better chance of, of winning the match. Hell start Joel Linton and you have a better chance of, of doing something because like just hoofing it. Actually, I take that back. No, don't start Joel Linton. Like that doesn't really net you any sort of increase. Um, but like I, I just he was set up wrong and but it doesn't change the fact that like even when he was trying to be a part of uh, of generating offense he was terrible he gave yeah. the ball away all the time took terrible touches was out of position as a striker as a target forward you should not ever be out on the wings I don't know why he was out on the wings I don't know why he was dropping so deep I, I don't know what he was doing he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off and it just was it was literally like playing down a man. Uh, having Andy Carroll out there. Honestly, it was like playing down two man with both of them out of it out there. And so, I mean, both of them were terrible. And if, if and if it was unfair to to start to not to start Andy Carroll this week, it's unfair to even put him on the team sheet for next week. Um like I I don't know, man. He was just so bad. Um and I, I just uh gosh, I don't even know what to say to that. Um I guess other other people worth noting, um I think John Joe Shelby could have could have uh could have been a little better. Um, Mirza pointed out he's had 58% pass completion. Part of that though is that the game plan was to play long balls, and he had to play long balls to Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser and uh, sometimes Jeff Hendrick. Like he was playing long balls to guys who were not target forwards. Um, I mean, you could also say that Jamal Sells checked out at times. Not great. Hayden was invisible. Joel Linton made a cameo. Like, I, I, yeah, he was there as a special guest. Just bad, just bad all around. It was bad, and that's how we'll end it. Sound good? Yeah, I mean, it sure. was bad. Um, so that concludes our Brighton recap. Uh, we have Morecambe up on Tuesday. So we'll get you. So next week you'll actually oh, have Wednesday. A, Wednesday, sorry. So, so you'll get a double oh, preview. You'll, this you'll week. get what? A double preview on Wednesday's episode. Yeah, yeah. You'll get a double preview, and you'll get a re. Uh, you'll get our regular episode on Wednesday, and then a recap show on Thursday, and then um, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome for all that. Yeah. Um, but that, that concludes this show. So I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best game in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this still is the best song in the land. Coming home, Newcastle. We will talk to you in a few days. 
Keep your head on straight and away the last. Love you guys. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river time. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion you've all seen him there before And I love the Jody heroes there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother's in Hilly Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. Brave the dog is in James's